This is the Alternative Edge, home of KBVU Podcasts. You're listening to the Entertainment Hour with Tanner Frost, Mason Wicket, and Diego Huerta on KBVU's Alternative Edge. Start your timers and get ready because here we go. Welcome back to the Entertainment Hour here on the Alternative Edge, KBVU sister station, and the home for KBVU podcast. I'm Tanner Frost, alongside my fellow two media aficionados. They can introduce themselves as they go. Mason Wicket. Diego Huerta. Three BV football players. I, sports director of KBVU, Mason and Diego, of course. The two joining me for the season three debut of the Entertainment Hour. Fellas, how have you been doing? You're laughing. What's wrong? I, just, I love the seasons. It is. This is season three. What was last season? Did we forget already? It was a reboot. Season two was the reboot. Season one was the debut. Yeah. So pilot. Have no, we decided, pilot sorry, is the pilot episode. Have we decided on what this is yet? The remaster. The remaster. The, remaster, yeah. the remake. Yeah. The reckoning. Okay, no, I, I like remaster. This is the remaster of the Entertainment Hour. So if we would, like, make a remaster of our pilot, because it has to be the original, what are we doing the Entertainment Hour? Better sound quality, for sure, from season two. That would be a plus. I think you just replace me with literally anybody. We'll have a logo this time. Yeah, I'm really excited well, We're still working that. on that one. That's for the season yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, That's for next week. Right. See the remake of season two. Yeah. What else? What, how do we make this podcast better? Any ideas? More coffee. Always more, more coffee. coffee. That's Diego, resident coffee guy in the right. podcast. Coffee aficionado you, you know on the scene. Aficionado. That's you know a great Di- word. You know what Diego did for me this morning? What did he do? He got you coffee. He got me coffee. You know what Diego did not do for me this morning? Get you coffee. I don't like coffee, but I would have appreciated the gesture. <laughs> well, That's okay. Diego and I, Diego's the one that introduced me to iced coffee, and it is delicious. Been a staple of my life ever since. You still have a long way to go, my apprentice. <laughs> yes, master. You've never had iced coffee before. I just I know we're no, off no, track no. already, but I, I did it last. Like I had one last year, and like was, you say, you did iced coffee I did for iced the coffee first last time. Year. College no. is a time to try things. Yeah, it really to be is. Fair. All right, so what have we been doing? What have we been playing, watching, listening? What have we just been up to? I've personally have been playing a lot of MCC, as you can see. I mean, you can see we sit next right. to each other and we can see our TVs. We all bought FIFA yes. 20. That was that, been, well, that was your idea. That's been rather stupid and fun. I really hate FIFA, but I, I can't. I cannot help it. I can't help but play it because I'm addicted to it. Right. What else have we been doing? What have you been watching? I'm sure Diego has an anime that he's been certainly into. I'm currently starting Black Clover for all those who've seen it. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but still not great. <laughs> Why would you expect it to be bad, though? Why do you? Wa- I can't watch something like knowingly thinking it's going to be bad going into well, it. Well, you went to Captain Marvel, didn't you? You thought that was going to be I bad. I didn't think it was going to be bad. I thought... You know what you thought was going to be bad, but and you still went, was The Rise of Skywalker. I Star Wars has a past. Okay, though. that's fair. That's but fair. back to Diego, what, like, what, why are you watching it? Well... It had a stigma in the anime community that made it seem like it was bad. Everybody talked down on it. But the only way to like really find out is to watch it yourself. Because why let other people's opinions matter when I could watch the show for myself? Like this podcast. Like this people podcast. People can make fun of it all they want, but they need to truly listen to it. Who it's, makes fun of this podcast? Nobody, because this is our third season and this is a remaster. This number is a new one. Thing. Number one, by We the way. did get awarded number one for those who did not see. We got the number one entertainment podcast. At the ICMAs this past spring, it actually is the SCJ National Award, so it was a national award. So congrats to us, and we're just looking to go up from there. I think we set the bar pretty high. We did. So if we disappoint you from here on out, that's actually on us. So don't worry about, don't worry about it. I guess. Well, and on you, lower your expectations. This is true. We're trying our best, but sometimes your best just isn't good enough. COVID nineteen. So wise words of Coach Delk. Of course. So as we uh, can tell everyone that uh, probably get this uh, out, of, out of the way we are certainly recording this podcast in safe conditions COVID-19 on campus is starting to take its toll here at Buena University in yeah. Storm Lake in Iowa we have protective screens in front of Mason and I Diego is off on his lonesome in the dark corner of the room that's where he'd be anyways yeah, but Diego now but now it's but it's nice now because he's safe we just don't have to like push him to the side and feel bad about yeah. it now we can push him to the side and feel good about it yeah right is it like colder over in that corner you're so far away you are it's, it's cold and lonely over here 
I mean, that's the point, but, yeah. like, I kind of feel bad when he talks about it. Well, if you need me to come over there and snuggle you for oh. a little bit, I can't. No, social distancing. That's well, fair. Well, I, I put my mask up or something. Well, it'd be there in the commercial break, so oh, it wouldn't okay, know. Okay. We're just kidding. Hey, okay, so. Let, <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, well, I don't want to, I don't want to see that anyways. Why not? What's wrong with that? Nothing. I just don't want to see you it. You can't bear to see Mason cuddle another man. It's true. Someone's phone just went off. It was you, I think. It wasn't me. All right, we're already getting off task. All right, so we need to talk talking about entertainment because the whole point of the entertainment hour for the next 45 minutes or so, plus commercial breaks, we have your utter and undivided attention. Myself, Tanner Frost, Mason Wicket, Diego Huerta. We're going to be talking about video games, music, television, anything your media heart desires to hear. We have it here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you want to hear your podcast. Plus SoundCloud, where we host KBVU and the Alternative Edge, our sister station and the home for KBVU podcast. Find them all there, all our different shows, Entertainment Hour, The Brayden and Colin Show, and of course, Football and Focus with our favorite two, Austin West and Lavelle Harris. All of them will be on the KBVU SoundCloud, which we'll plug near the end of the show again. But until then, we build toward the second half of today's show, and with that, we house build as well with the theme for it. We'll be back after this commercial break. Welcome back to the Entertainment Hour. You just listened to the house-building theme from Red Dead Redemption 2, circa 2018, November. What a time it was to be alive then. We just climbed up a ladder, hammered a nail, and nailed that first intro of the Season 3 remaster. You like that one, I Chef's did. Kiss, it of course. It was beautiful. That was a good change of song. The house-building theme is one of my favorite songs, and it's one of two, obviously, A Quiet Time from Red Dead yes. 2. That, this part of the game... And we're going to talk about the music. Just a disclaimer to everyone. Now our commercial breaks are going to include music and some of our personal picks from video games. It can be melancholy. It can be upbeat and fun, like the house-building thing, which I think is a great way to start off and kick off Season 3. But basically, this is my pick for the week. And I personally love Red Dead 2. I have yet to go back through it because it was a long time to go through in the first place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved it, if not some valid criticisms that it dragged on a little bit. But this part of the game, though it was dragging on without giving too much spoilers for anyone who hasn't played it, since it's still rather recent, was out of nowhere, honestly. Yeah. It's a, a depressing end to the first three-fourths of the game, and then you kind of go into an epilogue that's more second or last quarter of the game than actual epilogue and like the bluegrass jangle and you can guess what's going on they're building a house which seems pretty trivial but it's actually really fun it's a nice fun montage that raises the spirits in a really like depressing time leading into the first game because there's a bit of a time skip leading into it as well yeah exactly there's uh like like you said it's a really you know you're down in the dumps after what has been going on in the game and just to have that where you know where you're with characters that you know and love and you're just doing something so simple as building a house and to have music like that, it really is, it just raises your spirits monumentally because and, it's it's so rewarding. And it's probably the most fun I've ever had in a quick time event. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. is you're just pretty doing, much. You know what the song says? You know, you're nailing down and building the house and first you destroy it. But it's just an upbeat, like bluegrass theme right. that is, I taps my foot and I have it on my phone and it's just fun to listen to. Like I, I can't consider myself a fan of a bluegrass genre. But it was an instant download when I heard it. Yeah, absolutely. It was just it was a very pleasant surprise. I was like, oh. It was very nice. Absolutely. Okay, well, that's the house building theme for our first commercial break. And now we're gonna talk about our game of the week. So recently, us three plus a lot of friends, socially distanced, of course, and not too many of us that that are together. Um, we've been playing uh Jackbox Party Packs, which I'm sure everyone can at least have uh, a lot of people have certainly played Jackbox before, and this is going to be our game of the week section, by the way. Um, but have played something akin to it. So Jackbox, for those who are uninitiated, is just Kahoot. So uh, everyone, at least our age, uh, educationally um, in high school, has probably played a Kahoot at some point, where it's a trivia-based game uh, on the cloud, but you everyone has their own controller, and that's the beauty of it. So 
the game is hosted on a central computer that someone could project and use a big TV for, and then everyone else gets a code that they log in from a certain website, the jackbox.tv, on their, on their phone, and everyone has a smartphone, which is the, the best part, so you don't have to go out and buy extra controllers or hold a bunch for people and spend a lot of money. And then you log into the game, and you play one of up to about 35 now. I think there's oh, wow. there's six party packs, and I think there's five games in each, but there's also a few standalones like Quiplash that I think are in packs themselves, but they were so popular <clears throat> they released them individually. Anyways, you, you play on your phone in the controller, button taps, drawing, everything's using your fingers basically, and it's so much fun. And we've been having a, a, a blast with Jackbox and uh, – just go out there, make it a little PG-13. It's even more fun when you're slightly inebriated, for uh, sure. Definitely. Which we might plan we on doing after this. probably are going to do tonight, yeah. Yeah, so We're just a little preview. We're 21, of course. Uh, and socially yeah. distanced, of yeah. course. Just, I mean, the three of us plus uh, the other one that lives in our suite, suite will be playing. But we have been playing six, specifically. And I think six has been an absolute hit for one game and one game alone. We haven't even played three out of the other five. And that's press the button. And press the button is an absolute blast. Do you guys want to talk about your first impressions about it? Well, at first I thought it was just a copy and paste version of Spot the Faker. But uh, after playing it with my friends, I realized there's actually so much more to it than Spot the Faker. And finding out who the alien is, which is the basic premise, you are astronauts trying to find out who the alien is. Mm-hmm. And first, to just like describe Spot the Faker, basically what happens is at the, at the start of the round, um, it, the whole thing is alien spaceship themed and it's sci-fi style. But everyone on their phone gets a prompt saying, you are the human or you are the alien, which will sound pretty familiar to most people that have played something like this in a youth group or anything. Because I used to play Mafia when I was young, mm. where someone is a mob boss or a criminal yeah, or whatnot, and you're in a big group. And it basically turns into a big game of pointing fingers and accusations, yes. which sounds like chaos. And it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's so much fun. It is. And there's there's always little like subgroups and little alliances mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, I I trust you, I know your mannerisms, you you would be doing this if you're an alien or a mob boss or whatever. And since you're not doing this, I know that you're on my side. Or if you're doing this, I know you're lying. And apparently, I'm lying all of the time. Yeah, I was gonna say the best part of the sub game outside the game is Diego. You can demonstrate this for me. The noise that Wicket makes when anyone accuses <laughs> him. So I say, Wicket, I think you're the alien, and he goes, What? What? No. What? No. No. What? Me? I couldn't be me. I'm not the alien. <laughs> well, it's never me. Yeah, but it's funny to accuse you. And it was you at one point. You it were really me. mad because we went like 10 rounds at our, our first it 10 rounds. It was literally about 10 rounds. And not even in the same night. We we played it about three different times now. And only the very last time we played it was I actually an alien. And let's not forget, five games in a row... Five wins. Yeah. yeah, Diego's the alien five times in a mm-hmm. row. That's insanity. And speaking about Diego being the alien, I have beef with him in our second game that we played. So <laughs> what what happens in the game? So we have been playing in about six, which I think is the perfect number. It goes from mm. three to ten. I cannot imagine playing three because it would be yeah. one on two, and that would be so impossibly hard for the alien to single out, especially because there's mechanics in the game that admittedly are a little overpowered compared to other ones to how you – Mm, expose the alien right and, and how you test the yeah, crew. you test the crew let's say because everyone's part of the crew in quotations but when you play six two people are the aliens and when you start the game that said prompt comes up on your screen and say you are a human or you are an alien and when you're an alien it tells you who your partner is so diego and i in our very second game i was the alien first game um with a girl we were playing with we won then De- uh, diego and i and also, the goal is you have to space the two aliens. Yes. If you only get you one shoot. out of the two, the alien group wins. Yeah, you have to you... shoot them out the airlock. And honestly, it's it is skewed toward the aliens, especially when you have larger groups. Which I think why why six is perfect. It was really really challenging, but on our six or so game, we finally got it, and the absolute joy of everyone, even if they were the aliens that went up in the room, we all just cheered. It was yeah. absolutely amazing. But I think the harder it is, but not fair, but Attain, obtainable that mm-hmm. it is, it makes it more satisfying in the end, which it certainly was. Yeah, absolutely. But Diego was the alien, and to digress back, um, we were working together, and I had written a prompt, something about an evil character or something like that, and sometimes, they, so there's a prompt in a certain game for people, and it's the alien, if you get picked, versus two others, and it's like, 
describe an evil character or something like that. Oh no, it was a it was a strongly agree disagree survey type deal. And my answer was strongly agree. And Diego goes, "That's not very you. You wouldn't do that." And I go, "Yes, I would." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Diego, Diego come on, Diego, we're we're partners here." <laughs> and then he didn't. And then at the end of the game, like we won. And like Diego, what are you doing? He's like. Oh, I didn't know you were an alien. I was like, it's on the screen. Like you're throwing me under the bus. Yeah. But I we un- still won though. We did, st- and and honestly, it's actually kind of a tactic because if Diego could get me spaced, which happened later on in the game, I got killed, but my partner survived. It's like that works. It was probably me that got shot out of the airlock with you. I think it probably was. You got shot out of the airlock quite a bit. I you, did. You are a very dead alien or a very dead human very dead most human. of the time. But I always get accused. Yeah, I. But I think. Push the button was probably one of my favorites out of the entire. Oh, definitely. Season. But what other favorites do you have from Jackbox? Because again, there's like 35 games, and you got one. Go ahead. Yeah, no. The I think the go-to uh, in a party situation is Quiplash. Mm-hmm. Quiplash is so much fun because you it, ha- it pits them almost like a bracket style. You know, it pits them head to head, and basically, it all it is you're just trying to be funny. It's witty. Yeah, yeah. it's just really witty humor, and like I said, it pits them head to head because. Uh, I mean, and then people in the room vote on which one is funnier, basically. Mm. Like, one of my favorite categories, or I guess prompts, is, ah, uh, screw it, just write something dirty. Yeah. And that's just a free pass. Usually, know? if you're playing with a bunch of people that are not as mature as you'd <laughs> like them to be, like us in yeah. our age bracket, it devolves sometimes, or evolves, if you want to look at it that <laughs> way. But Quiplash is, like, usually one of the simplest games, which yeah. is, like, a testament to how good it is that people Definitely. like it so much. But, I mean, I Quiplash is really, really good. I think that's, like, one of the first ones that came out. Uh, Madverse City is yeah. pretty fun. That's in Pack 5 That's a robot rapping game. And the robot in the rapping game that pairs you up against, uh, like, the, I don't want to say. There, if you have an odd number of people, it pairs you against, like, an AI. Gene. 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 Well, I, was gonna, I, just, I wasn't saying his name, but the infamous Gene. <laughs> Spits absolute bars. Well, and he can either you can either walk all over him, or he will stomp your face into the ground. Yeah, usually, usually our friend Austin, well, Austin West, co-host of Football and Focused, of course, as you know, he got decimated by Gene, yes. and it was like the sixth time Gene went, and it was it was nothing up till then. But then Gene builds up like a volcano and yeah. erupts, and I'm af- <laughs> I'm afraid of He's Gene. A just time bomb. I'm afraid of Gene for that very reason. Diego, what are some of your favorite games from Jackbox out of all the ones we played? We've honestly only played like. I have all the packs as yeah. much as I like to waste money on video games. We need to play more of them. Uh, we've probably played like eight out of the I'd say we've played 32. about 10% of them. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to do a lot more. We And we usually play the best-ranked ones anyways. Like People love well, push the button. That's, I think that just goes to show the testament of how fun they actually mm-hmm. are. If we can spend so many hours and so much time, it's the same thing, but uh, just playing two or three different games. I mean, they're just so much fun. It's And it's a breeding ground for inside jokes, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. But, yeah, Diego, why don't you tell us uh, what your favorite one is? I forget the name. Which one is it where you are kidnapped into this, like, haunted house? Trivia Murder Party. Yeah. I was going to say, that's pretty good. That's too. Trivia Murder Party because it's the most straightforward trivia. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something, that, like, fun in the simplicity of just trying to remember trivia and in doing so, being the one who escapes this yes. haunted house. And this is kind of a theme of the day because we'll get to this later. But, like, simplicity does not equal a bad thing. Especially right. for games like this and when everyone has access. Like, accessibility and simplicity is a staple of making a basic game sometimes. Yes. But also a very addictive and very fun one for all ages and all, all parties. Like, we, even if we weren't gamers, which all of us that play could be considered gamers, some of us more than others, but play a lot of video games. That's the beauty of Jackbox, is that they're party games for a reason. Anyone has a phone, anyone can play, and usually the games are pretty straightforward, and the most straightforward ones are usually the most fun. But stuff like Don't Push the Button, where it's a little more, or Push the Button, sorry, because we push the button anyways, it wouldn't matter. Stuff like that, that's a little more complicated, make it more worth it when you win, but... It's not really like a competitive thing, especially when you're trying to be funny. There's a point value system associated to a lot of them, but it doesn't really matter because it's more about just yeah. laughing. Which any game you play, you're, you'll you're, find you're some just enjoyment. To have fun, yeah. Yeah, we played uh, the the role models one, and I was hyped up in in uh, pack six. Yeah, I didn't really like that. I mean, yeah, I didn't see the fun in it. I, my, it's funny because my family, there's one. It's called espionage, or no, guespionage, where there's it takes statistics from I don't know some source 
and you have to guess like, like thirty family feud kind of. No, not even. It's like guess how what percent of pe- people do this, and yeah, the person who like guesses the closest amount or something wins. And my family loves that one, but I mean, it kind of sounds like Family Feud. I mean, we can play it. We get back, and I'll show you. Okay, is it a is it a Jackbox game? Yeah, it's a Jackbox. Okay, game. and. Uh, but yeah, my family absolutely loves that game, and it's just like, come on, I want to get to some actual laughs, you know? Because my, I mean, my family's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. Weird flex, but yeah. okay. Eh, you're not that unfunny, not terrible. Well, I appreciate that. Thank nah, you. no problem. But Eight, yeah, like a six, six and a half on six a good day. Half. He's got a coffee in him, so yeah. we'll give a six and a half. Okay, well, we'll play some more Jackbox tonight. I'm sure we'll come back next yes. week with more funny stories. But for now, we have a retro rewind, the first of the remastered season, season three. Diego, this is going to be yours. You get the honors of spilling out the beans on what we are going to analyze first. I'm going to blast from the past. What do we got? All right. The distant past is 2013. Ooh. <laughs> uh, the movie Pacific Rim comes out. And keep in mind, there will be spoilers. If you haven't seen it, that's your fault. I like he's distant past of 2013. We shouldn't even be alive at that point. Remember 2012? I do remember. That's a retro rewind. Do you remember where you were when the day, when the world was supposed to end? No, because I didn't believe it, but it's kind of funny. That I think it did. did end, and this is all a dream. I mean, yeah, it's pretty bad right now. We're probably edging closer than we've ever yeah, been, to be you're fair. Not wrong. All right, well, speaking of the world ending, Pacific Rim, let's hear it. Well, Pacific Rim, for those who haven't seen it, is a basic movie of giant monsters have invaded the planet, so Easy. instead of building any sort of tactical or smart weapons, we make giant robots to fight them. Because the, the tagline is, uh, we need to fight monsters, so we made monsters. They are uh, referred to as Jaegers, which is German for hunter. Mm. The uh, monsters are referred to as Kaiju, which is Japanese for monster or beast. And that's your language lesson for the day. You're there welcome. Um, but many consider this to be an unra- underrated gem. Facts. and. Me watching it, uh, I'm a huge fan of the monster movie genre. Uh, King Kong, 1933. Uh, Gojira, 1954. It's one of my favorite all-time genres to listen, uh, watch. So when this came out, I was super excited to get a modern-day monster movie. Because mm-hmm. the effects back then were not the best. Although there is kind of a you know sweetness about watching them, just for nostalgia reasons. Timeless. But yeah. watching good CGI, because this is one year after like Avengers, so all this... Like, the, the technology of then was pretty decent movie-wise. Yeah, I was going to say, you over in the corner are going to be our, our resident expert on everything Eastern culture, anime, mecha movies. Not Pacific only, Rim. just kind of a, the movie expert. I think I mean, Diego is the movie expert. Probably. I mean, you're probably right. But I, I can't say, like, I'm, I've am i never actually really watched Pacific Rim. Isn't John Boyega one of the... No, that's the second one. Okay, well, I didn't... Are, that's, is in, there, that's in the sequel. He plays the son a, of uh, Pentecost. Julia. Okay, so there's a bit of continuity, but it's, are they... Kind of connected. It's a direct sequel, but uh, I can. It, well, I think it's a severe downgrade in quality. Most people do not like the second one as much, so, which is very complicated issues of why. But it's kind of like a Jurassic Park to a Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connected, but also standalone. It's a remaster, you could say. You could say almost just like us, just like us. Um, but going into this, uh, revitalizing the monster movie genre, because after this we get King Kong Skull Island, we get the Godzilla uh, trilogy coming out next year, King Kong vs. Godzilla. So seeing like the modern-day moviegoer be interested in a monster movie was really exciting, because me, who goes and watches all the old ones, to see like my friend Mason Wicket, who probably isn't as big of a fan, be excited and want to talk about it, that's like joy to the monster movie fan community. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know if you don't have anything, well, I know you have more to say, but, um, I absolutely love Pacific Rim. It is one of my favorite movies. It's such a guilty pleasure. I'll admit it has a lot of flaws, but I don't care just because I like seeing things that are tall beat each other up. I mean, that's kind of the best part. It really is. I, again, I haven't seen it, but it's fine if it's a... And I could be wrong, but a turn your brain off and enjoy movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying like Marvel movies are the same, though people like to describe them as such. But I love Marvel movies, and like they don't have to like like Endgame is what I love Endgame. Yeah. And the time travel stuff is pretty wacky and doesn't make sense, but it doesn't have to because it's it's fun. It's basically like that in the second Austin Powers movie when they're like, "Don't worry about it." Yeah. Look directly at the camera. We well, told you not to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it's fine because it's just fun. And if yeah. you, you don't have to turn your brain off, like I think that's kind of disingenuous, but you don't have to overthink it either. Right. And that's the, that's the beauty of it. It's just plain fun. Well, Again, simplicity can equal 
I mean, yeah, eh, just better. Well, the director of the movie, like, before it came out, they're like, oh, what's this movie going to be about? He's like, this is a simple, giant robots are awesome, monsters are awesome, get on the screen and watch them fight. I yeah. mean, it's, it's a Del Toro movie. Yeah. Guillermo Del Toro is a fantastic director, sure. like, world-renowned, and it's got Idris Elba in it, uh, Charlie Day, Ron Perlman. Uh, it's got a pretty all-star cast. Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. Charlie Hunnam, uh, that was one of the reasons I wanted to see it, was because he... Uh, Starred in a TV show called Sons of Anarchy, which mm. is really good. My dad and it's I a watched biker that. Show, yeah. yeah, it's really good. He's the main character of that, and he's also uh, quote, probably the main character of Pacific Rim. And you know, just seeing actors you recognize up on screen, like it just makes the movie that much more enjoyable. For a simple movie to have like these big name actors, and like the move, the acting, or the human part of it is definitely not as important. Yeah, but I will say each of these actors. They brought their A game for this. Oh, so while not necessarily the writing isn't most in depth or the most drama filled, it gives you good acting. I would say. So I will push a question on you guys. What does since again I haven't seen them. What does the second movie do better or worse from the first? And what do which one do you think is better? Objectively, I'll give some credit to the second movie. In the second movie, there are two of the Jaeger, the big giant skyscraping robots, and there's John Boyega. Right, I like John Boyega. He, I love him too. He's fantastic. Um, they do have the two robots fight each other, which is something I've I really wanted to see and thought would be really cool to see after watching the first movie, and it delivered on that. If I mean it didn't happen for very long or very often, but when it did happen, it was pretty cool. Well, the the second one's problem is it was very similar to the first, but it lacked that like freshness. Yeah. Um, one they lost some actors due to the movie or due to mm. uh, conflicts, but sure. Basically, it seemed more upbeat, I guess, because the first Pacific Rim is a very dark-toned movie. You know, it's it's almost semi-scary how yeah. the universe or the world they live in, constant fear of monsters. The second one kind of delves almost Power Ranger-esque, I would say. Yeah. That's kind of the vibe I get from it, like the giant mecha thing. Like a yeah, I suppose. T-Force, Power Ranger but, thing, whatever they're called. Uh, I, I'll, say, I'll give the sequel credit for not being afraid to go bigger and better. Like, they yep. didn't really hold back. Yeah. It's just... I feel like people so close of a sequel, people wanted more from it. Like they wanted something that was completely different and they basically just got the same thing, just amped up to 11. I mean, it was a five year gap. It, it went from 2013 to 2018, which se- seems kind of weird. Cause I think up, I thought uprising was a little older than that, but March 23rd, 2018, yeah, it's well, relatively it's, new. I, I will say, I think if the second one came out sooner to the release of the first one, I think it probably would have been received better. But then it also might have been called a cash grab if it had not been received uh, yeah. as well. as like Diego had valid points. Like he, The vibe I got from you is that you certainly thought the first one was a superior movie. Yeah, oh, for sure. Or, you, or at least you enjoyed Whole, it more. Wholesale, I think the first one's a superior movie. Um, you have the writing is essentially better, while not... A great written movie it's still better than the second it's one fun. Right. We, we already agreed yeah. consensus that it's kind of a dumb fun um, movie the yeah, choreography of the fights so much better mm-hmm. it, it has a way of keeping you entertained because it's basically mostly fights with a little bit of acting in between you're talking about the first one yeah okay like there's a lot of on-screen time and this is a big budget movie yeah they had a lot of they didn't hold back on having the monsters out there fighting for wholesale minutes like there's a whole minute where not much dialogue is spoken. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's like five minutes of just straight fighting. That's cool. Well, okay, before I get into something that's just like makes my nerd brain shoot copious amounts of dopamine out. Okay. <laughs> Good way to put it. Yeah. Um, the Charlie Hunnam, the main character, has a – oh, I just bumped the mic. Um, his chemistry with his uh, co-star is not spectacular, you know, which is some – the reason the movie gets dumped on a little bit, but uh, what I wanted to say was like, it's just like I said, it's such dumb fun. Like when he grabs the boat and beats the monster, like that, that's like 10 minutes of action, almost no dialogue. And he does that and it's just like, you didn't have to give me that. I wish there was a whole movie of this. I, I wish there was a whole movie. He's like, you, you didn't have to do that. And when he pulls out did. the sword in the yeah. middle of the air. That's really wholesome. It really is. I, and one thing I will give the first one credit is their ability to build a world. Yes, absolutely. Like they are, this is wholesale. Like five years after the first kaiju hit, or yeah, it's even longer than that, I'm pretty sure. You really feel these people are living in this world where giant monsters wrecking their cities is just part of daily yeah. life. Yeah, mm-hmm. like when people are like, 
well, I'm, I could probably just take a job building that big wall, you know? Like, yeah. that, that's something that people would do. you just <laughs> like, well, it's not my first choice, but, I mean, it's just something I, I could do. Okay, so to finish the discussion um, and wrap it up, something we forgot to do for the first section in, in the game of the week, but I want to ask you, would, just a simple, would you recommend it, and who would you recommend it to if so? Pacific Rim 1 and 2. Uh, Pacific Rim 1 is especially, but uh, 2 kind of lumps into that. Anyone just looking for a good time, they want to see amazing uh, uh, music. The composer the co- uh, composer is really great for this movie. Simple action. If they just want a solid, fun, blockbuster-type movie, uh, I would say watch that. Um, you get a whole bunch of different diversity. My favorite is uh, Cherno Alpha, which is the Russian uh, Jaeger, for anyone uh, wondering. Oh, that's the... Phase one. That's the original. Yeah. There's different grades, and he's yes. the only one that's phase one left. Just a brutal tank war yeah. machine. Yeah. Uh, a... So I would definitely recommend people at least watch it once. Like I'm gonna say Tanner one of these days. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna sit down and watch list. it. I, I definitely want to go back and watch yeah. it right now because uh, it's. We it's can amazing. watch it sometime this weekend. We still got tomorrow left, so recording yeah. on Saturday it, at the, as we t- as we speak. And, a, and a, one with last thing I want to say about it is how creative it is. Like you were talking about the different phases of Jaeger. Like there's one because they're manned by two people. But there's one that's manned by three people, Chinese triplets or something, and they have three arms. Crimson Typhoon. Crimson Typhoon, yeah. Uh, it's just so creative. You know, I love it. All that's right. All, that's all I have to say. Well, we add Pacific Rim to our watch list, and everyone out there, you can do the same. I'm sure we'll be watching it sometime soon. And that is going to wrap up our first section of the show. With that, is going to take us straight into another commercial break, and today's pick will be Mason's now. Mason, what have you got in the billing? Behold a Pale Horse from Halo 3. Halo 3, and of course, on this podcast, we stand Marty O'Donnell. Yes. We'll be back to finish the fight in Section 2 of the show right after this. back to the Entertainment Hour on the Alternative Edge with Tanner Frost, Mason Wicket, and Diego Huerta. The song you just heard for our second commercial break was Behold a Pale Horse from Halo 3, actually a remix of On a Pale Horse from Halo Combat Evolved, released in 2001, Halo 3, of course, 2007, and that was Mason's pick. And actually, it would have been one of my picks, too. Yeah. Of course, we absolutely love Halo 3 on this podcast, and let's hear why you picked Behold a Pale Horse. Behold a Pale Horse is one of those moments in gaming that will forever stick out in my mind because uh, we were talking about this during the break. You like the beginning of that song mm-hmm. more than the Forward Unto Dawn part. I mean, the entire song is a masterpiece in and of itself. Absolutely. But, like... So is the composer. Well, yes. But the part when the dawn is entering atmosphere and the music starts playing, like, just b- keeps building up and building up, Nothing's ever going to beat that, you know? Mm-hmm. It just... Ugh. One of my favorite parts of that scene is it's on the Ark in Halo 3, and the Forward Unto Dawn is a giant spaceship, to put it lightly for people yeah. who are a bit out of the loop here for certain. Um, it comes into orbit, and it does a really low fly about 100 feet off the ground, which for a spaceship the size of the whole, can't, the size of the university, basically, yeah. is a bit of a high-tech maneuver, if you want to call it that. And Master Chief, your player character, is stood perfectly still as it happens while tanks and and debris around him are floating away and just being thrown about yeah. everywhere it's just a testament to like wow Gives, I'm, I'm playing this dude and this is a yeah. real chad <laughs> he master really chief is. is that's one of the moments that cement master chief is just the ultimate ba yeah you know it gives me goosebumps every time yeah and you talk about the part like you like the the triumphant um horns when they come in about a minute 20 through the song i actually when i think of behold a pale horse i like listening to the opening oh yeah so i I certainly love the part you're talking about and the song is about five minutes total and it's all really good but the violins that start coming in when it first plays an assault in the control room in halo ce like i said it's not really a 
The interesting thing about Halo 3 and the soundtrack is there's not a whole lot of original tracks, um, but a lot of them are remixed and remastered, hey, from Halo CE and Halo 2. And they're kind of mishmashed together, and Marty O'Donnell and um, Michael Salvatore. Our Lord and Savior. He really is. I love Marty O'Donnell. He does a fantastic job in every game he works on. Yes. And, of course, we like all the games that he's worked on, of course. But that moment in CE when you're crossing the bridges in Assault in the Control Room is so cool, and it's just enunciated by the music. And it's just, like, again, any part of the song. It's like Star Wars because a lot of songs are used in different parts of the movie. You never really get – it's interesting because you never really get, like, a full flow of a song. It's always um, chopped and used in different places in a movie or a game or film or whatnot. Yeah. Um, But it it shows really how, like – two beautiful pieces that work well together can be used in two separate instances with two different effects as well. Yeah. And it's like, he just knows exactly which beats to hit, oh, yeah. exactly which notes to play to just, you know, I, I know it's a, I know it's a bold statement, but he really is like on the level of John Williams. Oh, and no, John Williams absolutely. Is absolutely revered across the, the entire industry and it, is one of the best of the best ever. It goes John Williams, Marty O'Donnell. If not, they're on the same playing field. I would know? like to see those two score something together. Imagine that. I, I and then can. Jack Wall from Mass Effect is another one that's yeah. like almost on their level too. It's like a tier system, and those three together. I could, just I couldn't even explode. imagine that. Yeah, that's like my. Sci-fi trifecta, yeah. Mass Effect, Star Wars, and Halo. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The world's not ready for that. I'm not, not ready, ready for that. Actually, I I am certainly absolutely ready for that, but <laughs> I might like die of euphoria if that would ever happen. Yeah, to be honest. Mass Effect Remastered, please. Any point EA release. You can have my money this time. Okay, let's talk about another Retro Rewind. This is going to be Mason's, and actually you can consider this a co-Retro Rewind because yeah. I don't have one this week. This is what I've been looking forward to all podcasts. Yes. Let's hear it. Wii Sports. Wii Sports. Wii Sports. I am so excited to talk about this because Wii Sports was such a big part of my childhood growing up. And Tanner, I assume you too. Diego, did you ever play Wii Sports growing up? Uh, I played a little bit. I didn't get huge into games until late, but I I would deal with my friends. That's the thing, though. It's not even like a game. It's more like a tech test of Wii Sports. But the thing, like, okay, I I was pulling it up. I got to put it in. Takes it back, doesn't it? It does. Man, I'm back at Grandma's house. It's like a soundboard. I'm back at my house. I played <laughs> Wii Sports with my family. Wii Sports is like the ultimate, just a game game. It yeah. really is like throwing back to old... It's it's a Nintendo game, and yeah. I'm going to reference it to other Nintendo games. It's like Mario. Like, you drop in and 1-1, one, one, you know what to do. Like, there's tutorials and stuff. It's timeless. But, but, but you, it's, yeah, it's motion controls, yeah. and it's... Practical and real world application is the thing. Like you're gonna play tennis. How do you swing a tennis racket? <laughs> everyone just goes as fast as possible. It's the noise it makes when everyone. Yeah. Diego, Diego is exactly what we're talking about because we played last fall. <laughs> you just do it as fast as possible. Uh, there is so it's it's tennis, golf, boxing, baseball, and bowling. It kind of their purest forms, but that's what makes them so fun. Yeah. And I want to hear like our personal picks for each game. Yeah, Tanner, why don't you start us off? What's your favorite? Baseball. I really like the baseball. You're a baseball guy. I mean, yeah, in general, I'm a baseball guy. But there is one of like my most favorite sound effects in video games is the satisfying hit when you connect with the baseball on these floors. It's really, really satisfying, except when Matt camps under it. And we'll talk about Matt in just a little bit. Yeah, Matt, Matt deserves, is foreboding. Matt deserves a uh, category all on his own. Okay, what is yours, Mason? Uh, favorite game? It, it, it's weird because probably bowling because – Bowling was a rite of passage in my family. My brother was about six years old when he became pro. I never got pro. and Just a thousand skill points for those yeah. who are uninitiated. I think everyone who plays Wii Sports is probably listening to this yeah, at some absolutely. point. Or at least knows what it is. At, at some point, you've played Wii Sports. Mm. But bowling is – I love it so much and I hate it so much because – like I said, my brother got pro. I never got pro. He got pro at six <laughs> years old. He was he just knew what to do. I could never grasp it. But I tried so hard, and I came so far. But in the end, didn't even matter. It's very poetic. It is. Is that a reference? It sounds almost like a no. song. I know. It sounds very familiar. Hmm. Like you kind of like a, a park or something. Walk with in the park, Lincoln. you'd listen like to Like a that. Lincoln park. <laughs> like with Abe. Yeah. Diego, what's your favorite? Wait, first, uh, before we move off of bowling real quick, Diego is going to be our sound effects guy. Let's hear the noise you make when you oh, throw the bowling yes. ball backwards. I don't remember. Oh, wha- Whoa! <laughs> and they spin around. Yeah, that's classic. That's yeah. all time. I, I, you know, I'm just 
nostalgia trip real quick. I used to have like one of those like video game cheat ultimate gamer guidebooks, oh, yeah. like one of those like the clickbait titles basically. Yep. Like modern BuzzFeed that were like really <laughs> small and in the Wii Sports it'd tell you like it's not even a cheat, but like, oh, reach pro and you'll get a different colored bowling ball. Like throw the ball backwards. I'm like, hmm. Oh. Oh. Wow. Wait, that changes your ball color? Yeah. If you get pro in anything, you get like a different colored tennis oh, racket. Oh, I, I know. Like, in, I know in bowling because my brother that it got like it has like diamonds on it or something, and I wanted those diamonds. Yeah, so exactly. Badly. Yeah, it's a diamond bowling ball. All right, Diego, what is your favorite Wii Sports game? See, while I didn't get too much into Wii Sports later in life, me and my friends we would settle our arguments. With Wii Sports Boxing. Oh, damn. <laughs> they, they wanted the last donut that uh, my mom bought. All right, let's get on Wii Sports, and we're going to fight, and we're going to see who wins. And I got decent at it for a little bit, so I always got the last donut. Nice. Therefore, I always loved doing Wii Boxing. If I could say something about that, um, I'll never forget the time one of my best friends and I, because my Wii was at, or I guess our Wii, was at uh, my grandma's house. And um, we would go over there about two times a week just to play the Wii. And one of my friends and I, we went over there one night. And we were playing boxing till the wee hours of the morning. And I hey, think, I get it. Hey, nice. Didn't even mean to do that, but sure. Um, we played. <laughs> hey, hey, again. Uh, ourselves played. Okay. Like I said, to the all hours of the night, and I think we dropped about fifteen pounds that night because we were sweating oh profusely from playing boxing, trying to uh, get pro. Uh, we never got there, but you know, we, we had our, we were taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, I would like hype him up. He would hype me up. We, in between the rounds, he'd like grab a towel. I'd get him some water. It was, it was a thing. Then Matt shows up. And then Matt Matt shows up. Before we get to Matt, the fun fact about boxing is is the first bourgeoisie video game sport. Because if you don't have a nunchuck and you're poor, you don't get to play boxing. Every other game is just the Wiimote. The bourgeoisie, huh? Yeah. Well, you have to be rich to play Wii Boxing. It's packing. Speaking of being rich, Nintendo certainly had a hit with Wii Sports. It was the best-selling game on a single platform ever with 83 million sales for the Wii alone. But to be fair, at the I mean the Wii and Wii Sports was like a cultural phenomenon. Oh yeah, at the time and I mean for the entire year, I remember my mom actually, God bless her, was like at a, our Walmart in Boone, like late, standing in line to get a Wii because they were like pretty pretty cheap relatively. Yeah. They came with Wii Sports and, and like you could buy Wii Play for another forty bucks plus a Wii Mote, which I think everyone also did yeah. too, and. She got it, and because I, I just remember it was that big of a thing. Like she went out and she waited. And they, my whole family played Wii Sports. I mean, yeah. it, I love Wii Sports. It's still actually very fun to play. Yeah, but it's crazy because it's just under Grand Theft Auto and Tetris. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah. So I think well, Tetris will never be broken. Right, but the thing is, Tetris is on te- Tetris as a franchise counts as a game. So like every iteration, yeah, which is really weird. Yeah, um, I don't think that really should count, though it does in official lists. Um, but uh, again, we sports like a single concept. It's number four. Sorry. Minecraft is never, ever going to be topped. It's <laughs> 200 million. Yeah. GTA five, which is on about seven consoles now, sixth generation or yeah. seventh and eighth generation Been plus PC. A billion years. Right. Too. It's going to be on the PS five, a launch title, which is it really, it is. That was one of the first things they announced. Oh, the that PS5 makes me conference. a little frustrated. I'm not going to Yeah. Lie. It's kind of weird. Um, Rockstar certainly probably, I mean, they have the money to promote Just that. Just move on. But we sports is number four. PUBG is number five. Ooh. It's the worst game on that list for sure. Yeah, definitely. At least it's not know. Fortnite. Uh, eh. mm, well, you can't buy Fortnite's the problem. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, I'm sure Fortnite would probably pretty single-handedly be two well, above GTA. Wii Sports was a launch title. Like, it came with the Wii. Right, that's what I'm saying. It was a pack-in with a Wii, but everyone had a Wii anyways. Okay. Like, yeah, because every copy of a Wii you bought, aside from, like, really later models... Had Wii Sports come with hmm. it, and that's why everyone co- it, it counted as a sale is the thing. Huh. But that's like what I'm talking about is the cultural phenomenon is you get one, you get the other, and that just also shows how much the Wii sold in, in like the yeah. short time of its height. Yeah. No, it was really successful. And yeah, like, absolutely. Like the Wii U, I mean, you know, not as successful, but you know, the Switch, mm. very successful. But so I think, far, I, yeah, yeah, out of those three, would you say the Wii is probably oh, the best? Easy. Yeah, easy. yeah. I, I think the Switch is actually closing in on it. Um, I mean, Nintendo titles as they go. The NES sold a lot, yeah. um, but I think I don't think the Wii will ever ever be topped. I mean, mm. the Game Boy Advance did pretty good. DSs did. DS was another one. D- like mid two thousands, Nintendo yeah. was A-game. not They're obviously not. A-game. Well, I mean, not not 
game wise and not like um, phenomenon wise or culturally wise because that probably was their beginning and kind of modern day Nintendo with the reach they have. But that was certainly their sales wise because everyone, every kid in the world had a DS and every family in the world had a Wii. It was absolutely crazy. DS okay. was the new Game Boy back then. Yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, it was for a sure. successor. Well, it lasted a long time, oh, too. We're going to talk about the DS. Don't worry about that. <laughs> 3DS came out in uh, 2012. Well, let's, let's, not D- get, let's not get too far into it. a seven-year lifespan for the DS. That's pretty long That's for pretty modern long, consoles. Yeah. Okay. Well, even for a handheld, you know? Yeah. We've been putting it off. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later. We, Don't worry. That's going to be Tanner's we, thing. We've been avoiding him. Yeah. Matt. We've been scared. We've been scared of Matt. Matt, yes. Who is Matt. I don't even want to talk. I'm afraid he's going to come into this he, room. I'm afraid he's like searching for us. He can hear. If you utter his very name, he knows. He can feel it. Matt is the ultimate boss of Wii Sports. Jokingly and also not. That guy is a powerhouse. He's like, his, his me character is like one of the generic ones they have in Wii Sports. And he is a bald African American guy. And he is like the ultimate test. He is, a, like, especially in boxing. He's like the Mike Tyson in, yeah. in, in, in Super Punch-Out of Wii Sports. He's crazy. I'm afraid of Matt. We played Matt against tennis. I'm pretty sure he whipped us. Probably. For sure. He's never lost any Wii Sports Probably ever. not. I'm sure if there's like global records like there is nowadays in Wii Sports, Matt would have the all-time win percentage. He'd have for, for all of them. Yeah, because it'd just be 100. You know. The reason yeah. Thanos took so long to come to Earth is because he had to wait for the Wii to die down. Because Matt was still around. <laughs> Matt was because weird. if Matt was still around, you know Thanos is not getting that stone. No, he's going to crawl out of the Wii and probably take all six Infinity Gems for himself. He doesn't even need those. Well, I just will put this out there. The Avengers was Thanos' first appearance in 2012. The Wii U released in 2012. So the Wii effectively died. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. It goes together. It, it fits in pretty well. Okay. Let's move on. Let's talk about the movie of the week, and this was Diego's idea, I think. We're going to talk about Justice League, but not specifically Justice League because that's a bit of old news, even though nothing against old news on this podcast. We're going to talk about the Snyder Cut. So, Diego, you want to give a explain like I'm five out of the loop Snyder Cut to the fans? All right. Well, I'm sure many of you at least heard that Justice League came out, um, I want to say... 2017. 2017? Yes, it was. Well, 2017 Justice League came out, and it was them trying to compete with the Avengers and Marvel, you know. They're trying to get in on the cash, basically. What came out, because they had to do so many reshoots, because the director was not allowed to do his artistic representation, what came out was such filtered garbage. Like, the movie itself. I mean, there's some redeeming qualities here and there, but moreover, it's just a simple cash grab that's not fun. It's pretty universally regarded as not a great movie. And I'll agree with that. And like Diego, Diego was saying, uh, it has a lot of studio tampering, which is very common for a lot of DC movies, actually, like Suicide Squad or uh, I can't even think of another one. Uh, I'm sure Batman vs. Superman probably had some yeah. studio tampering. Well, again, directed by Zack Snyder, yeah. and that was supposed to have a director's cut that was supposed to save the movie. Yeah. But you can't save a movie if it's not going to be good in the first place. Right. Like, I don't get it. Well, here's the thing, because Jack uh, Snyder, basically, he said the original movie he planned was a much darker, much more action-packed movie. And what started off as kind of a meme of release the Snyder Cut, which is basically they wanted to release the original version Jack Snyder had in mind. Zack Snyder, my bad. I don't know why I said Jack. Yeah, I was wondering what you were saying. You're fine, go on. Anyway, um, Zack Snyder, you know, he had this original idea. And what started off as just kind of a meme as a joke became this big idea of studios tampering with directors artistic representations you know how far are they going to change things for money and why don't they just let these directors these authors these writers give the creative freedom because most of them are big fans Zack Snyder is a huge fan of DC you know the Justice League itself and it looks like we're going to eventually get this uh, Zack Snyder cut which one I've heard rumors is over three hours long Mm. not only do you get the original, um, I forget the villain's name. It was Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. His original design, which is far superior than the one we got in the movie. Yeah, the movie was kind of a CGI fest. Yeah. And you're actually getting Darkseid in potentially either Batman's dream or in the flashback. Like the flashback where Steppenwolf is 
uh, killing a Green Lantern and fighting the Amazons. Oh, wow. That's going to be Darkseid and not Steppenwolf. So Superman's going to get his black suit, which anybody wanted, uh, which is far superior than his current one. And he's not going to have the awful CGI face because of his mustache. Yeah. Yeah. The Flash is going to have more development. There's going to be a scene where he's in the Speed Force. Basically, the original uh, vision that Zack Snyder had in mind is what we're going to get. And many fans like me are excited because it's true fans making fan movies for fans. Yeah. I just, I mean, he he doesn't, he has a nice resume, Zack Snyder, but I don't understand why people expect him to save a movie that he, like, I, I understand studio tampering, but he could have also made a better movie in general. It, it was his child, but he, he made Batman versus Superman, awful acclaim. People did not like it. Man of Steel, widely criticized, even though it was considered a decent I enjoyed movie. enjoyed it. But it was also widely criticized. Right. I mean, I'm not saying... He, I don't think he's... like He's got 300, he's got Dawn of the Dead, and he's got Watchmen on his list. Those are three really good movies. I mean, okay, 300 is a good movie. The other two really good movies. Yeah. But like on his list, that's it. In his actual directoral roles, that's all he's got. And I, Watchmen came out in 2009, and as good as it is... It was also criticized for being deviant from the comics, as everyone loves the comics of Watchmen. I just don't think... I, I know people want him to save this movie, and I know people wanted it to be good in the first place, which is why I think like DC fans have obviously haven't had their day yet in box office, aside from Wonder Woman and, and on cinema. But, Aquaman. I mean... I like Aquaman. Yeah. Aquaman was good, but I, it, it's also not a top tier, though, is the problem. Right. They, they still have yet something to rival... What Marvel has had rolling and rolling for years and years now, over a decade, but I think there's just too much expectation, and it's more that people want it to be good, but I don't think it's going to fix anything. It might be a better movie, but it just like still was very mediocre yeah. at best. Yeah, and the uh, what I want to say about uh, DC versus Marvel, <clears throat> uh, Marvel and has has been very well represented in the movies and media recently. Uh, DC, uh, a lot of people say I'm just not into DC because their heroes aren't as good, which is completely incorrect. They're just not, they have not been as well represented, you know. Um, and, you know, DC has incredibly complex characters. And another thing about that is that people are kind of looking at superheroes just as crime fighters now, which kind of irritates me because one of my guilty pleasures, I would say, in movies is watching superheroes save people. And if you really pay attention to movies, there's just not a lot of that, you know? Like in Justice League and uh, Batman vs. Superman, I mean, Batman's just a crime fighter. I don't think I ever have seen him save an actual person, you know? He cares about life. Like, he doesn't kill because he cares about life. Well, that, that was why Man of Steel was criticized, because Superman causes so much widespread destruction, right. which turns into a plot point later, but he was focused on fighting Zod. It wasn't a whole lot of... He like Henry Cavill was wasted as Superman. He is such he is fit for the role. Yeah. Honestly, he looks like him. I think he's got the swagger to be him. Yep. But the directors have never let him flourish in yeah. all three of his movies directed by Zack Snyder. I think he wasted him. Yeah. Well, they've all got the they've all got the larger than life aspect that the Marvel people have. You know, like RDJ, uh Chris Evans, you know, Chris Hemsworth. They they're all just larger than life, you know. And um, Henry Cavill, what is, how do you pronounce it? Cavill. Cavill, you know, he's got that larger than life, you know, he's, he's such an amazing actor, such an amazing guy. But like you said, the directors just don't let him have it. Well, part of that is, and kind of a spoiler for a future section is when it comes to DC, the unoriginal storytelling, how many times do you get a Batman story? How many times do you get the same Superman? They're like... What is it? Their fear of doing something different mm -hmm. is what's holding them back. And that's the problem with Batman v Superman. Uh, Zack Snyder wanted it to be a darker Crimson movie. He wanted to change it so it's not a Marvel ripoff. He mm -hmm. wanted to make a darker version of superhero movies. Yeah. And they held him back. They changed it to be more upbeat, be more lighthearted, so the kids will like it. And that's kind of the big thing with Justice League. And I'll tell you, Justice League... It's still going to disappoint everybody. It will be better the Snyder, than the original. The, the Snyder Cut, specifically. The yeah. Snyder Cut will be better than the original. It's still going to disappoint everybody because it's still not going to be what people want. And the problem is people are overhyping a movie. 
Same thing happened to Age of Ultron. They're making a movie that has an image better in their head than it will be in life. Right. Okay, Diego, that's a good jumping off point until our third commercial break and what's on the horizon basically for the final act of our show. We've got one more segment before we go, but first we also have one more song. So, Diego, your pick of the day is going to be... Road to Viridian, Route 1, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Green. This is the original version for those who are the purest. We'll be back on the Entertainment Hour just after this commercial break. Of season three, the remaster of the Entertainment Hour. This is the final act of the trilogy, and that was the final commercial break slash song for the day, picked by Diego Huerta, our resident, well, anime Eastern culture expert. I was gonna say Pokemon expert, but I would say we're equal footing there. But why Road to Verdian City, the original specifically? I want to hear this. Well, when Tanner comes to me and he's like, "Pick a song that nostalgic for you or makes a big impact on you." video game-wise or entertainment-wise, this is always one of the first that pops into my head. It's always this or the anime, like the first uh, opening intro. That'll be in there. Don't worry. We'll get to that one. I went back and forth. I basically tossed a coin. This one, because not only did it come first, it is the most Pokemon-like. Whenever someone does a Pokemon video on YouTube, they always include this one. Oh, yeah. It's a classic. Have you ever played the original? Oh, yeah, I did. Back original Game Boy. Honestly, not a great game. But, I wouldn't say it's a great game. I think the nostalgia that we all feel for it definitely well, outweighs the no, actual game. No, I love it. I'm not, I'm not saying I don't love it, but it is a rather broken game with a lot of technical glitches and battle exploits. Because oh, for sure. It's, I absolutely love it, though. I'm not, I mean, but, I am dissing it, but just saying. It's hard to kind of go back and play through. Also, it's a really hard game, to be fair. Oh, for sure. At, but, at, at this time. but Whenever you hear this song, it brings you back to when you are a little kid and you first discovered this amazing world. And while people like Mersen may not like it as much you know the amount of money it made the amount of people it inspired the amount of people it touched i guess like it is the most successful like media franchise there it is it is actually the most successful media franchise like of all time pokemon uh revenue is like 70 percent merchandising which is crazy for sure it it pulls in a couple hundred billion a year well i mean absolutely insane how much pokemon makes we all collected cards. We all had yeah, plushies. I have a binder full of cards. Oh yeah, and all that show. all that stems from basically listening to this one song and starting Pokemon. Yeah, it's I love Pokemon as a franchise, and I'm sure we're gonna have a resident Pokemon debate us two versus Wicked at some time because <laughs> he's a bit of a resident Pokemon hater on this podcast. No, I don't hate Pokemon. It's just not my thing. Well, we'll talk about that later. That's a different debate for a different day. So. On the Horizon is going to be our last segment of the day, and On the Horizon, looming in the distance, is a jaw, a man's jaw, and it's pristine. It's it Robert Pattinson's, and he's got the jaw to fill the Batman role. So we were just talking about Justice League, the Snyder Cut, and how we think some of the heroes of DC have been misrepresented. What do we think Robert Pattinson can do in the Batman, and he's taking on the Riddler this time? So the trailer just came out. Yeah, you didn't have you watched I, the trailer? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay, well, the Batman is coming out. Diego, I think you wanted to take the lead on this. What do we want out of a new Batman movie? Because this is going to be probably the fifth origin story we've had since 2000 already. And obviously, origin story cookie cutter formula is something we were talking about. Some people are very tired of. It's got to be new. It's got to be distinct. But it's going to be a challenge. How would you make the Batman? And what do you know about it? Do you think it's going to let it stand out? Well, keeping with the theme, I think that you'd... Sorry, did I interrupt? Oh, we said... Go ahead, go no, ahead, you're say, fine. Go, go ahead. ahead. Say what you want. You're fine. Oh. Uh, well, keeping with the theme, uh, you were saying like it has to be new, fresh, and everything, but it also doesn't have to be super complex. I'm not saying that. Yeah, no, I know you're not saying that. It's just uh, maybe a, uh, like a simple, nice little origin story would be pretty cool, but, you know, put a nice little twist on it. That's all, that's that's just what I wanted to say about that. So. Well, I wholeheartedly disagree. Oh. Because if people got tired of a third Spider-Man origin story, that how, this is the sixth Batman origin story, you said, and they're going to do... People got tired after the third Spider-Man. 
So my opinion on what you do is you trash this movie, make a completely make a completely different movie. If you want to know what I would say, try, throw this in the garbage can, make it Batman Beyond. Have him play the mm. next Batman. You get Michael Keaton to play old Bruce Wayne. Mm. You do oh. Return of the Joker. And who do you play the Joker? Mark Finally, Hill. being uh, live action is Mark Hamill. Because yes. not only is he the definitive Joker voice, you finally get to see him be live action. Well, okay, so that, that's what we want. And obviously, we'd love to see Batman Beyond. People really like Batman Beyond. And again, underrated considering how little kind of love it gets in the media and like the Batman mainstream. But, I mean, and as much as I'd love to see Michael Keaton. Okay, before we go back, I actually am interested <laughs> in this. Who would you cast as Terry for Batman Beyond movie? Terry. The Batman. Robert Patterson. I think you'd make a great Batman Beyond. Well, I think he's too old, though. Isn't Batman Beyond Terry, like, 18? I, I'm pretty sure he's, like, young 20s, if I remember. Oh, but yeah, you're going to have to catch me up. I don't think I've I think, seen Batman I mean, there's a picture, because I saw someone else say this on Twitter. Sorry, I hit the mic. You're fine. Um, someone did a uh, side-by-side. It, it doesn't look that far off. I think he could pull it off, and they've not been afraid to age up characters in movies before. Right. So, not only was Robert Downey Jr. an old guy to play a young Tony Stark, I think they could pull it off. So, mm. I think they'd get him to do it. I think Michael Keaton, although Michael Keaton is coming back in the Flash sequel, oh, for right. anyone who's interested in that. Mm. You're um, going to have to catch me up. Who's Terry? Uh, Batman Beyond, you know what it is? The, the new Batman. Uh, Batman, he's, that's when he comes back when he's like 100. No, no not 100, you're thinking but... of The Dark Knight Returns. Batman Beyond is about like 40 years. So it's actually the same universe as the Batman animated series. Yeah. Was, no, was I know so what Batman Beyond with the With the black like sleek suit and yeah, the red, that's Terry. red eyes. That's the his name is take... Terry. It's not Bruce Wayne being Batman. Bruce oh. Wayne is his mentor. It's like oh. 50 years See, I would, after. I thought you were talking about the uh, comic where Batman comes back. but that's, all... Again, that's the Dark Knight Returns. Right, and that's, yeah. a, mm, that's Which phenomenal. They've Amazing. already kind of taken that and did it in Batman versus Superman. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I, well, I noticed they did something The fight scene like inspiration is like yeah. from it. But they also made um, direct-to-DV videos of The Dark Knight Returns, which I have both parts of, and it's really good. Right. Actually, it's a good adaptation. But, yeah. Michael Keaton playing old Bruce Wayne, not only because he played Batman before, mm. I and think he could pull it off really well. In 1980, and yeah. It would be a new, fresh story. Mark Hamill finally gets his justice he never got. Get it, Justice League. Let's but, see what I did there. Uh, hey. But you don't. You want to bring back Michael Keaton, but you don't want to bring back Jack Nicholson? I, I thought about making him, but... I'm more of a fan of Mark Hamill than I, I am, am Jack too. Nicholson. I'm just saying, yeah, it's sure. like if you want to keep continuity, Jack, Nich- Jack Nicholson still got work to do. He's still. I mean, I would. I'll take Jack Nicholson as Return of the Joker as well. I'll take that as well. But I figured Mark Hamill because not only did he do great in the Arkham games and in the old animated ones, the best. I just love Mark Hamill in general. Yeah, I don't care too. what he he's does. such a good person. He is. I, I love, love Mark Hamill. Oh, Diego, you made me sad now because I know that's never going to happen. But oh, it'd be so. How much more excited would you be for that movie versus this one? Oh, for sure. And nothing against this one. Yeah. I I think it could be, even if it's good, I just think it's not going to be as successful because how many times have we got a Batman story? Yeah, you're right. But in their defense, Ben Affleck, who I think is a great Batman, I think he is too. They did something different with him by making him older, kind of, I'm over being Batman, I kill people now. And people hated it. Yeah. So I can see their tin- their timidness about doing something else. They're like, well, if they want the original Batman, we'll give them the original Batman. Yeah. It's a hard situation there yeah. right now. Well, we have yet to see because there's only been one trailer released for the Batman. There's a lot left to come. It's coming out October 1st of 2021. So it's still over a year and 26 days out. And then we can reserve judgment judgment till then but it's going to be batman in his second year i'm excited about that it's kind of like the batman year one comic is i think where they've taken more inspiration from which is something that has not been adapted to movie form aside from like batman begins which it's a little different take as the first time he's back but uh, a, a more rookie batman facing new enemies for the first time instead of seeing them before i'm excited for it and it's kind of a shame we haven't gotten recent batman with actual batman villains but I think the Riddler is a good one to start off with for sure. Now, in that situation, would you want the, like Terry to face on old and griddled villains or new and fresh villains? Well, I think that's the good part about Batman Beyond is it's kind of a mix of both. I yeah. think Mr. Freeze comes back. 
uh, a couple it's times. It's kind of like the it, legacy of the old villains as well as the legacy that Batman. It's most. I mean, there's like it's it's mobs based around the Joker and his legacy and right. not like a lot of uh, tie-ins do and everything. So kind of like a. It's mostly a new cast, but it's nice also because it's kind of like Legend of Korra to Avatar, where a lot of callbacks and old people, sh- um, old members show up basically, and it's more not fan service, but cameos and. And whatnot, but so kind, of, kind of like an Arkham Knight story, well, or I guess atmosphere, not story. No, I'm just the, the point I'm trying to make is it's mainly focused on a new set of villains with old ones mm. returning every so often. Oh, okay, as okay, kind okay. of a, as to show it's still a connected universe, basically. I understand. So, also the Penguin's going to be in this movie. I don't know if anyone else talked about that yet. Oh, yeah. So it's Cat the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Colin Farrell is going to play the Penguin. Zoe Kravitz is going to play Selena Kyle slash Catwoman. I'm excited to see uh, and. A rendition of the penguin because I don't know he hasn't gotten a lot of movie love. He had Danny DeVito. He did have Danny forever. DeVito, and you—I don't know how you're going to beat Danny DeVito. You're not wrong. Just I mean, he wasn't like a great villain or anything, but he is Danny DeVito. He is. <laughs> he is Danny DeVito. All right, with that, that wraps up our final chat of the day, and that is going to wrap up our season three remaster. We're clocking in at a whopping one hour and three minutes, so it's the entertainment hour and three minutes for the day. Just before we go, we are going to plug the other two Alternative Edge podcasts. Make sure you go out and listen to Football and Focused with our favorite people, as always, Austin West and Lavelle Harris, talking everything NFL, college football, you name it, they've got it. Fantasy picks, they'll help you with the upcoming season if you're looking to do your draft, and they might even invite you to the league if they want to interact with you and you ask them questions on Twitter, which you can find them at Football and Focused. Also, the Braden and Colin Show is back. They've already debuted their first episode of their season two premiere. That is Colin Imoff and Braden Burgum with the Braden and Colin Show, a personal chat between two best friends and roommates here on the Alternative Edge. You, uh, we will be back with more Alternative Edge and the Entertainment Hour next week. But for now, from Tanner Frost, Mason Wicket, and Diego Huerta, we will be signing off for the week. So long, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll be back. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Entertainment Hour. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you want to hear more of our show or the other wonderful KBVU podcasts like Lost and Found, The Brayden and Colin Show, or Football Unfocused, you can find them on our SoundCloud page named KBVU. You can also download episodes and subscribe to The Alternative Edge on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Wherever you listen, whenever you want to, KBVU Podcasts and The Alternative Edge are here for you. That's KBVU on SoundCloud and The Alternative Edge on Spotify and Apple Podcasts for more.